This is the Australian Water Association podcast series. My name's Damien Morgan. Joining me now is the Director of Infrastructure for the Parkshire Council, Andrew Francis, who has led a multi-generational program, the delivery of a key water and wastewater infrastructure asset. And to discuss today the learnings that have come from that project, uh, welcome and thanks for joining us, Andrew. Thank you, Damien. So, Andrew, multi-generational is a clearly a long-term project and when you embark on a project of that scale it's important we get it right so what were the key considerations for the planning of a project of this scale? So I guess one of the key considerations for us was to obviously get that infrastructure right this stuff only comes around once every 50 to 100 years the existing water treatment plant and the existing sewage treatment plant that we're looking at replacing are in that order of magnitude 50 to 80 years old currently the opportunity came to replace both of those bits of infrastructure around about the same time. So we decided to aggregate those, the delivery of those two into a single project delivery. Key, key objectives for us as Parkshire Council is always to leverage as much as we can from an individual process. So we set about the, the initiation of the project by saying, what more can we learn from this project? How can a once in a lifetime project actually deliver other benefits to council as well as the the best set of infrastructure we can from that. So we'll come back to that. Um, one of the key differences in approach to this, given the scale of parks, not a major metropolitan city, your approach to it was more of a internal collaboration rather than outsourcing of the project. Yeah, that's exactly right. We looked at we looked at the whole gamut or the spectrum of delivery models that are out there from a a very traditional local water utility, local council in New South Wales of around about our size, a a standard outsourced project management, project delivery model while the council continues in the business as usual mode, all the way up to uh, the big Sydney waters, Melbourne waters, how how they would deliver a project of this scale with the amount of resource that they would have, almost the alliance type model. And we decided that to get this right, we would apply big utility, big project thinking to a large project for a a small utility in New South Wales. So bringing people together, you know, the immortal words of Mark Twain, whiskey's for drinking, water's for fighting over. Um, Getting everybody (laughs) to work together, was was that a challenge? Look, I guess it was, but it was a challenge that we, we were up for because we could see the additional benefits from doing that. I guess one key benefit being that we had control of the entire project cycle ourselves rather than a more traditional outsource model. Uh, as I said before, we'd also have the additional benefits of building our own internal capability around future projects and future delivery. We also wanted to, to sort of flip on its head, I guess, the, the idea of delivery of infrastructure and not just focus on the doing phase of that, which is probably normally the 90 to 95% uh, spectrum of delivery, but really focus on the, the initiation concept planning and in doing so building a, a, an internal resource to be able to help us with that, uh, which standard term being insourcing rather than than outsourcing. So let's build the internal capabilities expertise, even if it's only for that period of delivery, four or five years, so three three years leading up to two years of the the final construction. But over that five year period, leveraging everything we can from that, that team that we build. 
for the rest of the organisation. So, so you've touched on it clearly by having internal people working on the project from start to finish. They develop capacity, they develop learnings, and that stays local uh, for the life of the project. Um, what about bringing in the technical knowledge, that cutting edge um, requirement? It, was there any challenge in internally resourcing this project in making sure that you're getting access to world's best practice technology? Look, our expectation at the start of the process was that that would be the case. Whether or not it was a, you know, stars aligning or that the industry was where it was at at that point, we actually found it relatively easy and relatively smooth to develop an internal team of, of individuals with their own levels of expertise and experience in the, the areas that we needed them for and then to bring in project partners with that cutting edge experience technology, uh, understanding of innovation and, and what's out there in the industry to, to help us with those parts of the journey. So there, there was always gonna be aspects that we would need to outsource, but I still wouldn't, I'd still hesitate to use the term outsource. When we set about finding those delivery partners, we spent a long time doing it. We spent a good six to 12 months actually working through and sifting through who were the key partners we wanted to work with to deliver this. And that goes from our legal um, team that we worked with, the probity team that we worked with, the the you know the key design experience team that we worked with, uh, all the way through to then uh, some of the key you know, survey, geotech, uh, asset, asset management uh, companies that we actually worked with as well as a part of that. So it'll be fair to say the innovation really that you've brought to this project is actually this concept of a regional project being delivered by a regional team. Um, so for outsiders looking in who are about to embark on a project, you know, what are the key takeaways or the lessons uh, that, that you can draw, given that you're almost there now in terms of finishing the project? I would say start early, iterate quickly, fail quickly, continue to iterate. Uh, if time is not a constraint, and, and I guess one key aspect was that time was a little bit of a constraint for us. There was a sunset on some of the funding that we had received from the state government to help with the delivery of the project. So I guess the reverse of that is that sometimes that constraint actually drives innovation because you do have a, a key target you're working towards. But given, given any lack of time constraint, I would say that the key aspect is to focus as much time, attention, resources on that upfront development of team, development of the capability of the individuals, then leverage from that the, uh, the planning phase of the project and really throw resources, time and effort into the upfront planning, develop your key objectives of where you want to get to for the project and focus on working your way through the journey to those objectives, but not necessarily just focusing on the doing phase of the... So a lot of those, a lot of that applies to any good project delivery, yeah? So, so we've, got, we've got the insourcing model, if you like, we'll crudely call that. You've got the whole of life approach rather than just, here it is, turn the key. Yep. Um, but a very big focus on learning from the process and developing a learning organisation. Absolutely. What about on the negative side, challenges? What was the biggest challenge you had? I guess one of the biggest challenges was probably internal buy-in to that delivery model initially. So, And that was overcome? It was overcome. It yep. was overcome with, with, with dogged determination, I guess, <laughs> from, the, from the project team. And I guess it was also, it was also done by doing, thing, doing the right things and doing the right things right and then demonstrating that you were seeing the benefits of applying that model. So you know, the outputs speak for themselves at each point along the way. We developed a, an internal steering committee for these projects deliberately that 
tapped into every aspect of the business. So from finance, from corporate, from our planning and and building compliance guys, you know, guys that would not normally be involved in a, a type of infrastructure delivery like this to make sure that we had full full cross-section of buy-in from the organisation. And on a monthly basis, we were able to demonstrate to that cross-functional group that we were able to kick goals at each point through the projects. So, Andrew, Parks, best known, of course, for the dish, and in more recent times, the Elvis Festival. What are the chances it will now be famous for its water and sewage treatment plant? I guess I'd hope so. I mean, that, that's not our, our goal from the process, but what we would like to do would be to, to share the learnings that we've had with, with other local government entities of our, of our size, but also with, with those that are much larger. I think there's, you know, there's potential for uh, much bigger entities to learn something from what we've gone through. Andrew Francis, the Director of Infrastructure for the Park Shire Council, thanks for your time. Thanks, Damien. It's been a pleasure. This is the Australian Water Association podcast series.